let us all pray. Okay. God, you are awesome. We can't use words enough to convey how truly amazing you are. But in these next few minutes, Lord, I pray that you'll open our eyes and our ears to see and hear you and to know you. In Jesus' name, amen. I've been pondering for a long time how I can get God to answer my prayers all the time. (laughs) I was raised in a church where we believed in miracles and we prayed. It was back when we used to go to a lot of tent revivals and we sang a song called Only Believe. Only believe, all things are possible, only believe. I have great memories from my childhood of going to those tent revivals. If there was one within 50 or maybe even 100 miles, Dad would load up the station wagon and all of us would go. And there were chairs that were metal that had a star-shaped, you know, with the holes. And I would look for the shavings that were on the floor that were big enough to go down through those holes and I would punch them down in there. So that's, you get an idea of the time frame. And, but I, one thing I remember was the song, only believe, only believe, all things are possible, only believe. And the next verse said, Lord, I believe, Lord, I believe, all things are possible, Lord, I believe. And the next verse said, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. All things are possible. Jesus is here. And there were long lines of people standing waiting for prayer because they believed it would make a difference. And I always say, prayer makes a difference. People will say, I'm praying for you. And I say, prayer, I say this, don't I? Prayer makes a difference. Things happen when we pray that wouldn't happen if we didn't pray. It makes a difference. So, so, but I've noticed that sometimes I pray and I don't get what I ask for. So I'm trying to get the formula, you know? Because I was armed as a child with scriptures like James 1, 6. If you pray and you don't doubt, if you pray in faith and don't doubt, you can have whatever you want. So I've been trying to work that for like a number of years. But, you know, if you doubt, that's evil. But if you have faith, that's good. So I've been eating off that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't doubt. Have faith. So as a young adult, I remember really trying to, I was like, I am doing this. I am tired of trying to do this. I'm going to do this. And for years and years, I've worn, I used to wear contact lenses or glasses starting from the time I was in the fourth grade. So as a young adult, I decided I'm doing this. Whatever it takes, I am going to work this. So I said, Lord, I want you to heal my eyes. And I believe. So I'm taking off my glasses. I'm taking out my contacts. So I bumped around for like, probably about six months in the house. I could not see. I said, okay, God, I don't care what my eyes tell me. I believe what your word says. Your word says I'm healed. I'm healed. So I, I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk in this. I'm just doing this. So I go to the driver's license agency, and I sit there waiting for them to, uh, I was going to look in the little machine, and I was believing when I looked in there, I was going to see everything, even though I couldn't see I was going to see everything, and they were going to take that little thing off my driver's license that says you have to wear corrective lenses. But I was like, I am going to, I'm going to walk this, I'm going to do, I'm doing my part, I'm working it. But guess what? It was one of those government offices that has like 500 people in there, and I had like a toddler, and it, they were closing, I didn't get there till too late. It was just like not working. Finally, I just gave up and said, I'm putting my glasses back on because I can't see across the room, I can't even see my kids. I am 
you know, I did my best, Lord. I don't get it. I don't know why, because I thought I had faith. I thought that I demonstrated to you that I had faith. And it wasn't very long after that that I was riding in the car with some friends. You might know Michael Bean, and he spoke here a few weeks ago. Uh, We had all of our kids and all their kids in the car in a big van, and we went to the Bible bookstore. And when we came, we were in there, somebody bought a poster. It was all rolled up like a like a lightsaber, you know, <laughs> okay, and so I'm in the front, I turn around, and they just scrape that contact lens right out of my eye, we get home, it's dark, we, we look, we can't find it, we get out of the car, and we go into the house, and I'm just horrified, but not because I lost my contact lens, but because it's going to cost a hundred dollars, it was before those days of, you know, wear them all the time, it was like, you know, semi-permeable hard, you got to buy a new one, and I had the same one for like a year, or more. So I, I was fretting because it was going to cost so much, and we had no money. So what was I going to do? So Michael beams there, right? He goes, oh, let's just pray about it. So we all take hands, and you know, Michael, he prays for like two seconds. Oh, God, just help us find this contact lens. Amen. So he goes, he runs out the door. It's dark. He runs out the door, and he comes back like in two minutes. I thought he's going to say, I need a flashlight. But he said, here it is. I'm like, What? What? Because I've been asking God to heal my eyes, and it's, not, and it's like he wouldn't do it. And now he's helping you find contact lens. Something wrong with this. And then after that, I dropped it down the sink, and I could see it hanging on a drop of water under the cross thing. And I'm like, oh, God. So I, it just into my head, beam. I thought if I wet an eraser, a round eraser of a pencil, I'll just stick it in there. I stuck it in there. I pulled it out. And I said, okay, we got to talk. Because... I, don't, I can't figure out how I can get God to answer my prayers the way I want him to, when I want him to. And then he answers, I, I, why are you taking care of my contact lenses and you're not taking care of my eyes? Oh, I, I was not getting it. So it was during that same time period, I was frustrated about a lot of things. It was a hectic period of my life. And I remember one day, it's not like I didn't pray. I did. But I, I remember one day I was trying to go to a meeting, a church meeting, and I was supposed to arrive in a nice dress, high heel shoes early. But as I'm trying to go out the door, I have like a toddler and an infant child with me. And as I'm getting ready to go out the door, there were some things that went on with the kids that necessitated my going back to the diaper area and working. So I'm down on my knees with my high heel shoes, with my nice dress, working on everything, trying to get it ready to go out the door again. And I'm, I'm calling out to God, God, I probably said, oh, God, or like that. And into my head again, beams, it's, I say it's like a little bell, but it's like so clear, you know, and it's not what you were thinking, so you know you didn't make it up. It just comes from the blue. You know what I'm talking about. It just comes, and it just enters the entrance of your word. So this is what I heard. It was... The Lord knoweth the way of the righteous. And I was so amazed. I knew I didn't make that up. I knew he told me that because I was really striving to, to do everything right. But yet he said, I know the way of the righteous. And it kind of gave me hope again. You know, he sees me. Even when things aren't going right, he sees. He knows everything. It was not until... We heard the gospel that says that Jesus not only came to take away my sin. That's one side of the coin. If I passed a coin around here today 
and I said, take a look at the coin. It's precious, whatever. You would probably look at both sides. But I was only looking at one side, and that was that God had forgiven me my sins. I was not looking at the other side, which said, he came to marry me. He wants to marry me. He took away my sin so I could be his bride. And so when I understood that and I started to ponder that, it changed my life in so many ways. And the way I prayed was one of the ways that it changed my life. I remember during that time I was walking around the block and I was telling everybody, guess what? Jesus has taken away the sin and now he lives in me and you. I would tell people that, and they were just like, what? You know, I had this one friend. I went to her house. I took her by the shoulders, and I said, guess what? I've entered into rest. I'm not striving with getting the formula right. I'm not striving with whether I do it right. He is in me. And she's like, so I'm walking around the block. She comes. She sees me coming. She comes up to me. She goes, Hazel, tell me again, why am I not a worm? And I said, you're God's wife? She said, oh, thank you. I needed to hear that. But when we realize, it's like, uh, it's like the movie, you know, Ever After, the Cinderella movie, where the stepsisters are telling Cinderella what to do, and she's doing it. And then she starts hanging out with the prince. And she says, look, these are my shoes. This is my dress. I'm going to wear them. I'm not listening to you anymore because the prince loves me. You know, so when we realize and we hang out with God, we realize that he wants to be with us. He wants union with us. We don't have to fret about anything else because we, we can say goodbye to whether we do it right or not. He loves us just the way we are. So the two sides of the coin, I really started to ponder this um, hanging out with God and being with him and him, him being in me. Now, I heard it with my ears first that God was with me. God was in me because I had received him by faith, confessed that he had taken away my sin. But to, to get this inside of me that God Almighty was in me was really life-changing. And it didn't happen overnight. It was like the rising of the sun. It was just a little light. And then as I walked in it, it was brighter and brighter to the full day. But I was, as I was walking in this, we... Our kids used to sing, and we rehearsed downtown at the Episcopal Church, and we'd often sing down there. And when we go for the, the Lord's Supper, the communion, they would say this. When, you, when you're served the communion, they, they would say this. Eat and drink of Christ. How are you going to do that? In your heart with thanksgiving. So I just pondered that. Because, you know, Jesus said, this is my body, this is my blood, eat and drink. But to actually, how do you do, I mean, we know we don't literally do that. And to take, to do it at the communion, to think that people could take the blood, take the bread, and physically go through it without spiritually going through it. I'm sure that happens. I don't want to be that person. And then I thought, well, wait a minute. If you can go through it in the physical realm, my sign language here, the physical realm down here, and not go through it in the spiritual realm, is it possible that I could go through it in the spiritual realm if there wasn't even any bread? I mean, because there's times when I need that. And I, there's, no, there's nobody offering the communion. So how am I going to eat and drink of Christ in my heart 
without having to go to the communion, to the Eucharist, or whatever your church calls it. I started, I pondered this just, I remember pulling the covers up over my head one night and thinking, wait a minute now, because I needed the visual aid. I needed the parable. I needed something I could touch. So I'm pulling the covers up over my head thinking, wait a minute. It's like the little tent I used to make when I was a kid. We always made tents and put quilts and crawled in there because we had a little space. We had a little place. I needed a place. I needed some definition. Then I realized God has chosen to make his place in me. I, I just have to ponder this. I'm not talking about pondering at one time. I'm talking about pondering it for years and on, always eating and drinking of him in my heart by faith. And so I, one morning I got up. It was, you know, trying to get up before the kids get up and why it's quiet. I go in there. I find some juicy juice, 100%. I find some autumn grain bread, and I just took it and I held it in my hands just not saying anything to God, not trying to ask him any questions, not trying to tell him anything, just holding my hands because I wanted in my heart to just know, know, to know. It's, this story is almost like my perfume fragrances through the years. I used to wear white linen. It was a, anybody know that? <laughs> Estee Lauder thing. I love that. And then there was one I went to called um, Pure. That was such a nice fragrance. And one of my favorites was knowing. If you can get those three fragrances, you got this. Because you start with white linen. I mean, I knew I was clean. I was cleansed by the blood of Jesus because I had faith in him. But it was not until I got to the knowing part. I would just sit there with that bread and that wine and just know. Didn't have to say anything. Didn't have to do anything. I just had to realize, to ponder, to know that he was in me because I had my sin had been removed and he had come and I received him by faith to know that he's there is life changing Um, I was telling you that the scriptures we were armed with as children saying if you just don't doubt and you believe those are good verses but I just took them out they were almost like weapons for me I was going to use them to get God to do what I wanted him to do one of those scriptures was in John 14 14 And it says, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Last week, I woke up in the night and I just, that scripture came into my head like the bell, you know, ding, just, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And I was like, okay. He said, um, and wait a minute. No, that's not the one that came to my mind. It's in here, but that's not the one. The one came to my mind was, <clears throat> if you abide in me, I think it's John 15. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask anything you will. It's the same, it's the same story because I read the whole two chapters and it's like, whoa. But in John 15, and I'm pondering, well, I know, I know, like the knowing, like the fragrance, I know he abides in me. He says, if you abide in me, I know I abide in him. He abides in me. And my words abide in you. I said, check. Check. Wow. Okay, then. It's almost the same. We have what Solomon had when Jesus came, when God came to him and said, ask me whatever you want. We have that, only better. We have, I mean, Christ has come. He's taken away the sins of the world. We can have anything 
if we abide in him and we ask, it says in my name, I'm like, hmm, that doesn't mean just attaching, I pray in Jesus' name, amen, to every prayer you pray without giving it any thought or without even knowing that he's abiding in you. Um, over this time of pondering and pray, learning to pray, learning to talk to God, I realized that I always thought before that prayer was talky, talky, talky. I talked to God. But then <clears throat> when God said to me, started to beam things into my head that I knew were from him, I realized it's more what he says, it's more important that I hear what he says to me than it is that he hears what I say to him. We know he hears everything. But there'll be times as I was learning to pray and realizing that he was in me, it changed my life. And especially if anybody has children, you know that you care about your children. And when my kids would have struggles, I remember just pacing in the hallway to pray for my kids. And, you know, you run out of words like in five minutes. You've already said it all, and you're saying it like round two, same thing. Oh, God, keep them safe. Lord, wherever they are, help them not to get in any trouble. Make them wise. Help them remember the stuff. You say this, whatever you say. And then what do you do? Do it again? And you're supposed to be praying for like how many hours? Because this is heavy duty. And then I stopped just saying words. It's like, okay, God. I say, God, how do you want me to pray? I'll say, is he okay? Is he okay? And sometimes it was like, no, I would get like, and I would just walk with him and wait for him and walk and walk with God until I felt that it was okay and I knew it was okay. Or sometimes he would tell me things, you know, I would think things that I knew I didn't generate from my own head. Just a couple of weeks ago, our fourth son was moving out of town. He's, you know, amazing artist. And I knew it was a good career choice. You know, got a good salary to go and do what he loves every day. He's so happy. But he's my little son, <laughs> six feet six, but with his shoes off. But still, he's my little son, and I was worried about him. And so I was just pacing. I was saying, Lord, how can I pray for, for Levi? So I'm pacing, and it's like one or two minutes. The thought comes to me, I did not try to find a scripture. It just came into my head. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. And I'm like, I'm done praying. I got it. I'll take that to the bank. It was as if, the, if there were no other scripture in the, in the Bible for the rest of my life, and I had to live on that, he, he, we're talking God, he made the worlds. He redeemed us. He lives in us, and he is going to lead us in the paths of righteousness. He's leading my son, by the way, in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Okay, I would never need another verse. I mean, I could pray that for him for the rest of my life. I think that would cover pretty much everything, okay? So that was a, you know, he was getting ready to leave, and we were packing the car and everything. So he's supposed to leave on a Monday morning. So Sunday night, I get up in the middle of the night, and it's 3.30 in the morning. I go in there, and he's at the computer holding his head in his hands. He said, Ma, I've got to get ahead of this QuickBooks before I leave town because my computer's going to be down. And he said, I've been looking at this for two hours, and I can't figure it. It is not balanced. I can't figure it out. And I said, well, I said, I don't know anything about this, but I could, I could pray. I'll just sit here and pray. As soon, as soon as I said that to him, and I sat in the chair, it was not any time. As soon as I said that, 
here it comes. Thou anointest my head with oil. I was like, ha! I said, okay. I said, let me just take a piece of paper. And I didn't tell him, but I knew it. And I said, let me take a piece of paper. And I'll, you know, you call something out. I know the computer can do the calculations, but maybe we missed something. So we're sitting there, works a few minutes, not more than 20 minutes. He goes, oh, oh, there it is. Got it. And so it was done. And I thought, wow, the next one after that is my cup runneth runneth over, I think. I'm like, oh, my cup's running over. I was so just excited to know that I don't have to tell God what to do, you know? It's not like God that I have to, he tells me. And I realized that when I pray whatever he says, like when I say, okay, God is anointing his head with oil. Now when I think of him out there, I go, God is leading him in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. God is anointing his head with oil. Those are my prayers. I don't have to try to come up with something in pace and worry. I just know. It's knowing. So when we ponder our relationship with God and we have the assurance and we know that he's with us and in us, it's just going to give strength to our faith, strength to our prayers. By the way, Uh, I'm not using any glasses today, and I can see you all and see my notes. What happened is, about my eyes, I just figured, well, well, I'm just going to wear glasses the rest of my life. So you know those people that as they get older, they start going like this? Well, when I got older, I started being able to see better and better. I'm like, what? Oh, I can see that. And I would take my glasses off part of the time, and now when I put my glasses on, I can hardly see, because I can see so much better without them. I'm like, well... Wow, I wonder if that had anything to do with all that drama that went on with God and me about my glasses way back when. But just that's just a side story. You know, I don't have faith in my faith. I don't have faith in how I do it, or I don't have faith in whether or not I have faith. I have faith in my God. And so we, we have to look to him as the one who answers, not to us as the one who works to make it happen. Uh, The scripture that I talked to you about in John 14 that said, if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. I wanted to go back and, and get that in the context because I hate, hate it when people preach and then they pick out verses like ammunition and they stick them here and there to uh, support their prop up, whatever. It could even be something good and, if, if it's taken out of context, I don't really think that's, you know, we're going to get what it means. So I went back to see what it meant when it said, if you ask anything in my, my name, I will do it. <clears throat> it starts off with the whole story of in my father's house are many mansions. And, you know, I go to prepare a place for you and, and I will receive you unto myself. And they said, well, how can we get there? Because we don't know the way to where your father's house is. As it was be as if I said, come and go to my house for lunch. And they would say, well, how do I get there? And I would say, I would tell them the directions. Well, he said, they, they, they're probably still thinking about this realm. I don't think they realized there was another whole place. You know, there's another whole place. It's like the little place that I made with the tent and I pulled the covers up or I put the blanket there and crawled in. There's another whole place. It's called the kingdom of heaven. I don't think they were aware at this time that, I mean, you can tell by the way they answered other questions. Like you'd say, we need to feed the people. And they said, let's see how many, you know, let's get out the calculator and figure out how many 
day's salary it will take for us to feed this many people. I mean, they were so in this realm. They didn't realize that the father's house was another whole realm. So they said, how do we get there? We don't know the way. He said, I am the way. And that's what it means when we say Jesus is the way. It was the way to the father. The way to God is Jesus. And then um, we go on down and he says, if you love me, keep my commands. And he didn't say, if you love me, keep the law of Moses or keep the scriptures. He said, keep my commands. It's keep this stuff that I'm talking to you about right now. All this stuff. The reason I know that that's what he means is meaning his words, your words. When I was uh, teaching my kids a song one time, I had a, a deaf interpretation specialist come over to my house. She was a friend of mine. And she knew, she knew all the stuff. So I was trying to choose a word for, I was trying to choose the, the sign language for, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. She said, okay, your word, we have a choice here. You can either say word, like word that comes out of the mouth, or you can say Jesus book. And I thought, well, Jesus book is more artistic. Let's do that. It's more a little... We're going to have the kids doing it with their white gloves and the black lights shining on it. It's going to be drama. So let's go with Jesus' book. And I, l- later I went, wait a minute. I should have picked the word that comes from the mouth of God. Instead, I picked the black ink on the white paper. You know, I, I don't know what I was thinking. But um, here it says, Jesus said, if you keep my commands. And down at the end of the chapter, Jesus said, but that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, so I do. So the com- commandment that we're supposed to keep is the same thing. It's the same chapter and the same word. So it says, what the, fa- the commands the Father gives me, Jesus said, the commands the Father gives me, I do. So if Jesus is saying you need to keep my commands, he's not talking about the law or the Bible or the black ink on white paper. He's talking about the words that... When I get something from the God the Father, I do it. When you get something from me, that's what you, you do. That's the command that you keep. The word that comes from me, the living word that comes from me. At least that's the way I see that. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it does not see him or know him. You remember the fragrance knowing, my final one? For he dwells with you. He's saying this to people before the cross, so he couldn't say to them, he dwells in you, because he didn't dwell in them yet. But when they believed after the cross, after the resurrection, and will be in you. Down to verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them. Okay, now what does that mean? He who has my commandments and keeps them. What we just said about Jesus got things from the Father. He kept them. He did them. We get things from the Spirit, from God, from the Spirit who comes to dwell in us, it says. We see him. We see him and we know him. We keep that. That's what we keep in order to have our prayers answered in order to have anything we want anything that we ask God for is to dwell in him and to know him and to hear his voice so I I know that 
I'm much more effective in prayer when I pray what God tells me than I am when I tell God what I tell God. In fact, when I pray what God tells me, it's always 100% faith because it's he said it, you know? Sometimes, though, when God tells me things, I'm not quite like, what? I'm just like Thomas. I'm just like, what? Or Philip, the one who did the bread calculations when he was feeding the 5,000. Or even Judas, who says, we don't know how to get there. I'm just like that because... I have to hear his voice before I can be sure. When I'm just speaking my own words, sometimes I'm not not sure. Sometimes I hear him, and he's talking up here, and I try to take it and make it this. You know what I'm saying? He's speaking about spiritual things and heavenly things, and I'm trying to put it all in my calculating and figure it out. And I figured out it doesn't work that way. We have to abide in that place, the secret place of the Most High, And know that when he answers us, it's all about his will and not our human will. And it's not until those two will, it's the marriage. It's the other side of the coin that we sometimes don't look at. It's the marriage. I never say of my husband, oh, I have to serve him. Have you seen that Facebook post that's the woman, you know, those Victorian Facebook posts that are real funny and they say, you know, it's all beautiful Victorian pictures. The beautiful woman with all the ruffles and her head is on her arm. She goes, oh, why does he want dinner every single night? (laughs) You know, and the point I was trying to make was in our relationship with our husband, with my husband, I don't feel like I have to fight him to get what I want. He will just about give me anything I ask for. I mean, if, if he could afford it, he would give me the world. He gives me anything I want because he loves me. He's crazy about me. And God is, you know, you're God's wife, or I think of that. I don't know about how you guys handle that whole analogy, but for me, I think, you know, God loves me and he will give me anything. He only wants good for me. So why can't I just trust him, hear him, and believe that anything he says goes. And so when I have a quandary, I ask him, Lord, what do you want to do about this? And sometimes he just says, my grace is sufficient for you. And I'm like, well, I want definition to that. I want it in earthly terms. He's in heavenly terms. And once he said to me, I was asking him a question like this, and he said, I mean, he said this so clearly, set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. And I'm like, so, so what are you going to do in this realm? And so I called my mom, and I said, I've got peace with God. He told me to set my affections on things above and not on things of the earth. And my mom said, he t- I got a word from him too. And he said, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. I said, that's the same thing the scripture says. It's the same word. So I think that if we want to get our prayers answered, we need to eat and drink of Christ in our hearts by faith with thanksgiving.